0: Our special guest has uh, kind of got me back into uh, Fangoria magazine again. Uh, man, I love those magazines when I was a kid, like uh, like early '80s issues. And I did not know that you could go to Fangoria website, pull up their archive, and look at all those
1: old back issues. Yeah, that's all that you've been talking deep. about all day.
2: That is epic. <clears throat> I'll have to tell my produce my producer Jason, who helps me with the show, he does all my graphics, is currently his title is still creative director of Fangoria, so he still works at Fangoria, and he is the one that scans in every one of those issues. So I will let him know that there is one person that is very excited (laughs) because he does, I think he does one a week, and he's been doing one a week for a long time. And I think they're going in order, but every so often there's like Jurassic Park or whatever, they'll scan the ones that are related to that over the years. Um, but I will let him know right after this that awesome. someone this week went to it and really enjoyed it because it will it will make his day.
0: Awesome, because yeah, literally over the last forty eight hours, I think that's all I've done was read old Bangoria magazine. <laughs> I have awesome. I have a couple around the house here somewhere from when I was a kid. They're in really rough shape because I just read them over and over and over again.
1: That's
0: awesome. Oh, good memories. Good memories. <laughs>
1: all right let's get into the show and uh welcome to hyperspace heroes this is brown leader signing in who else do we have tonight
0: brown two signing in
1: all right and brown four is not going to be able to make it with us tonight due to technical difficulties but uh yeah we have a special guest tonight as uh, you've already heard uh brandon Winerdy is here uh with us from talking bay 94. uh you also work with uh marketing community for mondo news and funko is that right that is right. That is correct. Uh, very cool. Oh, yeah. And Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, and a, a contributor for Star Wars Insider in Fangoria, as we just mentioned. So welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Uh, good to hang out. Yeah. Uh,
1: anything else? Uh, quick bio you want to fill in for oh, us? Uh, any other else? projects
2: that you do? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Uh, I, w- I was hoping that uh, a project that I had been working on would have been announced by this week. It has not, so we'll save that for a different, a different episode. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Uh, Insider, Talking Bay 94, Mondo, uh, and just hanging out. Very cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Very so, awesome. thanks for uh, coming on the show. And i uh, been doing a, uh, as we heard, Scruffy's been doing a dive on Fangoria. I've been doing a dive on your, uh, your episodes on Talking Bay 94. And I gotta say, quite impressed, sir. Uh, you have Appreciate a great it. Great interview style, very smooth voice. Um, okay, real, <laughs> really good give and take, um, you know, with your guests and uh, and you know you go down into territory that I'm a huge fan of, which is the whole behind the scenes and the people that make the the stuff that we love so much that make that magic. And uh, gotta say, oh look who oh who, who do we, we have? Hey, Robin
3: Squadron, what's happening?
1: All right, DB, welcome. Yeah, so. Person.
3: I stole my power source and I had to buy it back.
1: Oh, very funny! Was that brownie brownie for?
3: No, no, I. Okay, I'm I'm incompetent and and I lost it behind the counter. But the Jawa story <laughs> the Jawa story was good. Come on. All right, all right, all right.
1: <laughs> so we just we just got into introductions and uh, just introduced Brandon and. Um,
3: well, hello, so, Brandon. Yeah.
1: So this is DB. He's also part of uh, Brown Squadron. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, as we had mentioned, uh, you know, we'll get in right into the first meat of the meat and potatoes of the episode is going to be, you know, we we're, we're really want to hear what's your journey been like, you know, how did you get from the start to, to here? You know, because uh, the, the more we were reading about you and everything you touch on, you know, the Mondo, the Funko, the, the Fangoria, the, you know, and the fact that you're able to interview the people that. You know we love so much. You know at ILM and some of the actors and and like we we're just talking off air. Chris Bartlett was great and Gary Witta and you know the people that we would just love to to talk to. And you are the guy that gets to talk to them, so it's very cool. Um, but uh, right off the bat, let's first question we always ask every guest is,
2: uh, what does Star Wars mean to you? Star Wars has meant a lot to me for, like, with everybody. Everyone's a Star Wars fan. It's meant a lot to me for a very long time, which I think is why, why it still has a staying power for me. Um, what does Star Wars really means friendship and loyalty and creativity and a sense of purpose, which, you know, again, growing up, that's what you're trying to figure out. That's what you're trying to discover. And so being exposed to it at such a young age and having it be a big part of my life for such a long time, I think is a very, I think we're all very lucky to be Star Wars fans and to be immersed in it and to have to be a part of us and to learn from it and to always be learning from it. Right? I, always, I feel like I, I, I pick up something new, I draw something new from a Star Wars movie or Star Wars book once a week, even now. And that's after watching these things, what, hundreds of times. Um, and it's been very special to be able to share that with people that I love, my family and my friends. Um, and also people that I have met through Star Wars, right? That's been a new experience, I think, for all of us here on this call, right? Like having this be an aspect of our lives beyond just uh, consuming, but creating for Star Wars um, through podcasting or through writing or through whatever and, and getting to make friends out of that has been enormous. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing for me. If, if every piece of Star Wars was deleted from Disney+, Plus, I would still be left with, you know, friends and and people that I've met and, and, and through it. And I think that is, there's not a lot of things that can do that. And it's a very special, very special thing.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. We've awesome. been, we've been, you know, uh, we moved into the whole phase of having guests on the show a while back, you know, about 20, 25 episodes ago. And, and, uh, it, that's been great. It's been gr- great, great. Just making the contacts and, and talking to people, like you said, and that's been one of the best things in, uh, like in, when we went to uh, ICCC, which is a huge co- uh, collector's convention. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had a blast down there. We got into the podcast room and we were meeting all of them and and uh, and then just out on the floor and getting to see everybody. And it was yeah, it, it abso- you're absolutely right. It's all about sharing and, and making those connections. Um, what was your first how did you get into Star Wars? What was your
2: first kind of experience with it? let me I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself because I I I can see the toys behind y'all I I can gather a little bit that I don't I don't believe y'all's first experience with Star Wars was with the 97 special editions I can assume I'm gonna assume not Um, but that was correct I was uh, I was uh I I this is my hot take again for for y'all getting to probably see it when they first came out I have a hot take where I was able to watch the three Star Wars movies on a big screen one after another, one month at a time, right? As if they were relatively new, right? There was promotions at the fast food restaurants, there were toys on the shelves, and it was, you know, four, five, six. And then two years later, there was Phantom Menace. And I was able to really, I was seven, eight years old, right? So I was the perfect age for Star Wars and then got the most Star Wars ever, right? All all within the span of what, t- 10 years, from, from, 2000, or from 1997, 2005, right? The specialization to the prequels ending uh and that's enormous that's i mean crazy and i, I dove in headfirst really I, there was no other interest for me after star wars came out um and kind of went from there and obviously then there's been disney acquisition and, and everything but um but i've never stopped being a star wars fan i've read everything and i've watched everything and i've you know was always on star uh since i learned how to use the internet and uh here we are so it's worked out that's, that's awesome, awesome. Yeah,
1: that that go is a it. you got right in on a sweet spot, didn't you? That's it. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you, we were all there. Well, these two guys saw the original. They saw four in the theater. I came in at, at uh, Empire when I was mm-hmm. six. But uh, but yeah, it was. Then we had to go through the dark times. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: and those <laughs> were brutally dark times. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, since we were all you know that age where were getting married, buying a house, buying a car. I yeah. mean. Great probably saved you all some
2: money, though. You were able to, you know... You were like, okay, I do have to buy a Star Wars story because there was none that existed for a second, and then... Yeah, I didn't start getting back into collecting until 99,
0: but when I did... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it got really bad really fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, very cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So you did get to see kind of the original three first before the prequels, and, and so, yeah. No, that's very cool. Um, the... Yeah, uh, I've also noticed uh, going, you know, looking, follow. I've been following you on Twitter for a little while. You, that you also have a, uh, a deep love for the Indiana Jones series as well. It seems. Oh, like. yeah,
2: oh yeah. I love, I love Indiana Jones. Um, I, there's, I've kind of gotten to a point. Again, I've seen especially the original trilogy so much, and I've gotten to a point where I'm like, do I like Raiders more than A New Hope? Which is a crazy thing to say. That's a crazy mm. thing to mm. say. But I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm like I'm I'm always back and forth. I really don't know. I don't think I do. But sometimes, sometimes the indie obsession, especially, it's nice being back in the saddle a little bit, right? Because it, it's been dark times for indie for what ten years now, right? For yeah, years, Which is crazy. And now people are talking about indie again. You know, it's like okay, like there's something in the air, and I can just kind of like really get back into it. Um, and there's like toys being made again and collectibles, and so um i'm really i'm really feeling the indie spirit right now i'm very nervous for next year um and i like it i like this kind of edge that the indie fandom has right now it's very cool
0: definitely i i definitely have my moments where it's debatable too rather i like star wars more than indiana jones my childhood dream was always archaeology hmm so yeah, I, I I know the feeling, man. I'm really getting geeked about the new uh, the new Indy coming out and what it means and what it'll be.
3: How do you think Disney can carry on Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford? You know, is advancing in years. Yeah.
2: I, because I guess everyone saw the announcement what, yesterday, two days ago, that there's an Indiana Jones TV show mm-hmm. in development, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I, I I, there's a bunch of great ways to do it. Obviously, Harrison Ford is not in the picture right you can't have harrison ford so what do you do some people were saying animated which i thought would. there's always that fan film that goes around that animated like what if any jones is animated And there's a theme song it's really great if you haven't seen it i can send you all the link after this it's very cool <laughs> yeah. but it's like oh you'd be like that would be perfect that's a, a fun that'd be so much fun right like maybe even like a jendy a clone wars version of indie that'd be so cool right that'd be so fun oh okay that would be awesome and then and then some people are like oh, maybe it's Phoebe Waller Bridgers like after you know like maybe that's what happens after the show but i don't really see that happen I really i mean could be. and then i've also been going through a, a Hai kwan renaissance right like he was in everything everywhere all at once and when i was working for the draft house he came to work and i was able to interview him for we do pre shows at the draft house and so oh, like, that's the movie cool. would play we did the interview for him and like, they knew i was a big fan so like come on down he was so he was so nice and i was like i don't get star trek that often but i was just like gonna like cry you know know, anyway but then he is obviously gonna be in loki season two right loki season two on disney Disney plus and i'm like okay he's in he's in the sphere again and he's obviously not in indy five because that reaction photo of him and harrison would not have happened if he was in indy five right like they had never seen each other since you know so, like, that kind of sucks that he's not in it, but that means that maybe they saw that. So, like, everyone has been so jazzed on Kwan, right? People have been so pumped for him. And, and I wonder if they were like, hmm, what if we did Adventures of Short Round as a spinoff show? <laughs> and wouldn't that be fun? It would be a fun. Yeah. It would, like, this is yeah fun. it would. And so that could be very cool. It could be very cool. And I don't want to get my hopes up because, again, it could just be like, yep, Chris Pratt is Indiana Jones. Here's our TV show. And I'm just going to, like, no. die. Or I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, please don't do this. <laughs> so I, I want to be excited. And I, so I, I'm maybe being too optimistic, right? But I, it's fun to be optimistic just for a moment. And then I'll, I'll peel back to reality. But for a moment, I would love if they just kind of, like, played this the right way and treated Indy with the respect I think it deserves. That's cool. Well,
1: I, and I think oh, that's great. part of having having all those unknowns i mean it's just like in the star wars universe headcanon is is half the fun right you know trying to figure out what they're going to do and what they're going to come out with and you know for us growing up when we had the the big gap of time that's all we had was headcanon really and 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 marvel comics and jackson and um (laughs) so (laughs) so it was you know headcanon's a huge thing and that it's totally. that whole anticipation it, that that's why we loved like when mando came out you mm-hmm. know we had to wait a week between every episode it's like what are they gonna do what, yeah where's they gonna go you know and, and then it's that 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 anticipation that excitement of the unknown so yeah totally feeling you on that yeah. um what uh yeah uh I heard you on one of your episodes, you were talking about uh, you're you're a huge uh, crystal skull apologist. You were yes. telling somebody... Hey, one second. I'll,
2: I mean, this is not a video podcast, but um, <laughs> I, spent, I spent $250 <laughs> to cement my place as a crystal skull apologist. I bought, for, <laughs> oh, yeah. I bought the replica on it. It glows. glows, <laughs> it glows. It's, it's the best. I really... Again, there are some things... Like, I buy some dumb stuff. I buy some dumb stuff. We can talk about that. I buy some dumb stuff. But when something brings me joy that I buy, sometimes I buy something that comes in the mail, and I'm like, why did I do this? Why did I buy mm-hmm. this? Who am oh, this came in the mail, that. and I unboxed it, and I was like, I'm so happy. I'm so <laughs> pumped. Okay, yes, that so I is... I a I think, I think it, there were such lofty expectations for that movie, right? More mm-hmm. so than The Force Awakens. Because, like, Indie, unlike Star Wars, has three movies... It has what 10 books four video games but it doesn't really that's the three movies are the thing and as the TV show the three movies are the thing the three movies are what people care about so you have a fourth movie 20 years later and obviously Crystal Skull is not as good as the original three but it's fun and it's Harrison Ford m- monkeying around it's great and so like a 7 out of 10 Indiana Jones movie when you've had 10 out of 10 all 3 10 out of 10 maybe Temple of Doom's a nine and a half out of 10 but like Good movies, great movies. Then when you have a seven and a half out of ten Crystal Skull movie come out, you're like this is fun, good times, and that's why I'm hopeful for Indy Five, um, because any time of Harrison Ford wearing the hat, being smarmy, great, I'll take it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I didn't think Crystal Skull was that bad. I heard a lot of complaints about it. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked it, and that Crystal Skull is epically awesome.
2: Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, so awesome. not to not to derail, because uh, the Disney Store has been doing like official, prop replicas of indie, which is crazy. Which is so they, I, I'm looking at them, and obviously they have the Fertility Idol, they have the Sankara Stone, they have the Grail, okay, they the have the Staff Ra, um, and the Fertility Idol is really it's bigger because I had this one for a long time. That I, I bought off of a fan like Etsy account because I was I was interviewing Belloc, I was interviewing Paul Freeman. So I got him to sign the top of the skull or the top of the the, which is very cool. And it's uh, but the new one is huge. The new one's huge. And so I got both. But then the but now they're now they're messing with me, right? Because those are normal. Okay, those are the the guffins, that's great. Now they're messing with me. Because they're like, would you spend $150? And would you buy the voodoo doll from Temple of Doom? (laughs) <laughs> with with the pin oh, oh. and i was like yes i would i would buy that As a matter of fact i will yeah so uh so i'm very i want them to do the the coronado cross um i feel like disney store probably won't sell a cross you know what i mean like yeah I, I prob- probably not but and i'd love a grail diary but some uh, there are fans that do incredible work and I'm, I'm just kind of going with the fan um etsy stores so okay. Anyway, that's awesome. Sorry okay. to derail, but yes. Yeah. Uh, no, Indiana no, it's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, Indiana yeah, Jones no. the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Note your
0: derail. I am now shopping. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, I think both of the things I just showed off, both the the uh, uh, voodoo doll and the skull, are both still in stock. The others oh, yeah, have pulled out. The others still have sold, the sold out. But I think you can get them for you know maybe twenty dollars more than. Can I show you one more dumb Indiana Jones thing? Oh, this is absolutely. Okay. Let me please do. Okay. This. A store that no longer exists called Think Geek. I don't know if you all remember. Think oh Geek. yes, I bought I, oh, lots from Think Geek. They did a I... melting tote oh, candle. Yes. So oh So I've never, I've gross. never lit it. I've never lit it. I have another one in a box, just in case I ever want to like this one. But it'll melt. It'll melt his face. No, is if you so awesome. He's I miss Think Geek. Yeah.
0: I yeah. spent a lot of cash on Think Geek.
3: Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: Oh, that is so awesome. You know,
3: as a kid, I was so bummed that the uh, action figures never took off, you know, in in 80, 81, whenever, you know, Raiders was a first out. So I'm stoked that they're coming back, especially with a larger, more detailed line. I, yeah, I'm going to have to get a second job.
2: It's going (laughs) to be great. I'm very, I I don't, I mean, we can talk about how y'all feel about new Hasbro and the, plastic-free packaging because i'm not like a big fan of that like so i do like to keep things on the box as much as i can mm-hmm. but since it's indiana jones and plastic-free packaging means i have to open it up like i just have to open it up which is great i can display it like you know i can actually open them and play with them which will be great that's awesome <laughs> absolutely that's very cool
1: yeah no we're, we're big indie fans as well we don't talk about it often enough and uh my youngest son uh he just graduated uh Uh, from college and he's working for a TV station. But back when he was in high school, our local state theater here, uh, does uh, free movies every spring break. And, uh, they did Raiders one spring break and he had never, I'd never shown it to him. And so we got to sit in an old fashioned balcony in a theater and, I just sat there and waited for the, uh, the, the famous duel scene, you know, with the guy with the swords and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I just, just sat there and waited and I watched him and, and cause he, he had never seen it and, uh, uh his jaw just dropped and it was so fun to see the next generation kind of, right. you know, just be amazed by that and the, the face meltings and all that. And, and, uh, yeah, no, he was able to appreciate it for what it, for what it was. And, uh, yeah. Um, even for an older film so no yeah it's cool we're we're huge indie fans here so um <laughs> fitting right in um okay so let's uh let's let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about what we brought you on for which was you know kind of your journey <laughs> yeah. your journey you know how did you get so you yeah you, you do marketing and community for mondo and funko and and um uh but and you get to you collaborate with uh, Star Wars Insider and Fangoria and
2: how did you get to where you're at today how, what was your journey how did I get to where I am today uh so I went to school for marketing I got my master's in marketing and while I was in school I went to Texas A&M and while I was in school I did all the athletics as much as I could uh, on the marketing side so football and basketball especially um which was great and I learned a lot and I was initially trying to go into sports marketing um but I was having a great time, especially in the basketball program. I was the on-court MC, you know, which was fun. And um, and so when I left school, I was thinking about maybe getting into sports, but I also hated the idea of like all my evenings and weekends being booked up with work as well, you know, and there's kind of a trade-off, trade-off there. Uh, so I ended up just working at a social media agency, um, doing small clients and kind of working my way up, up and up and up and moving from agency to agency And while I was doing that, um, in my free time, I was just writing and messing around and actually a guy who I met at my first job, um, we had just like, y'all, we, we like Star Wars, we liked all the stuff and we just talked about it all the time. And I was like, Jason, we should make a website. We should do something. And so we made, it was called super kaiju. Um, and it was a Dallas pop culture website which did not exist and so we dallas pop culture website we did film reviews we went to comic cons we just kind of hung out um and we just had fun we just wrote reviews we interviewed people um and then at one point i was just like it was during last jedi and i just had like star wars fever and i was like i bet there are star wars podcasts right like i might as well just start listening to star wars podcast so i started listening to blast points um And I listened to like, I think like 30 or 40 episodes within a week. I was like, oh, this is the best. And I texted my friend Jason and we should also do a Star Wars podcast. And then I spent a few weeks trying to figure out what that would look like. Um and what's not being done. Like you were saying earlier, I was listening to a lot of the nerdist podcast and I was listening to a lot of Mark Marin podcast. And I was like, oh, there's not a one-on-one Star Wars interview podcast. And I can do that. Um And so I just started, I just started reaching out to a couple contacts that I had just from going to conventions, but nothing crazy and then just started building a library so that by the time solo came out which was six months after last jedi we were ready to launch and you know 10 episodes banked Uh, and then we've just kept going from there and so it worked out really well um because we had super kaiju as a you know backing board we had talking bay as the podcast and then they announced that bengoria had been bought by a dallas company that's where we lived and so I reached out to the Fangoria ownership and I was just like, Hey, I'd love to interview you. And there was no response for like six months. And then at like 2 AM, I got an email from the president that was like, Hey, you and Jason come in and let's talk. And so we thought we were going if uh, just to interview him for a piece for the website. And he was like, I want to offer you a job um, to, you know, run our marketing um, and just run it like you were doing super kaiju. And so Jason and I quit our jobs and went to work for Fangoria um, and we worked there for a few years. And during that time, I was still doing Talking Bay. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, Fangoria closed down. And then that's when I you know, got connected with Star Wars Insider and started doing more stuff with them um, and kind of turning Talking Bay interviews into pieces and written pieces, which was a very nice combining of a bunch of my interests and skill sets. And we've just kept going from there. And uh, you know, Mondo reached out to me and started working for them. And then they were acquired by Funko and, and here we all are. So it's, 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 it's been a circuitous route, but it has been by being prepared and by being passionate and by just like always trying new things and being excited. And um, and yeah, I'm very, very lucky. And like we were saying at the cold open, Jason's uh, still at Fangoria and is still, still doing all their marketing and laying out the magazine now. And um, it's been real great for both of us. And so we're very lucky. Um, we both moved to Austin, um, now, um, for work and, uh, it's been, it's been great. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Very awesome. Very awesome.
2: So, uh,
1: for your, for our listeners, who was the first kind of industry person for Talking Bay 94 that you were able to, to interview?
2: So the first interview of, of Talking Bay, it was a two-parter. Uh, first interview was Corey D. Williams, Billy D. Williams' son. Um, who was also a stand-in for uh, Billy Dee, uh, and then also played Klaatu uh, for a scene on the skiff. So it was like talking to Corey, um, talking about his experiences, and then he went to the Jedi set um, with his dad and his best friend. He was like, I don't want to go to the Jedi set if I don't go with Steven. We're in a band together. I want to practice. So he brought Steven Costantino, his best friend, who then played a Gamorrean guard in in Return oh. of the Jedi. Uh, and so he was my second interview. A uh, very nice guy as well. Uh, and those are my first two. And then my third, uh, who ended up being an or So that was great. And that went really well. And that manager has remained a, a good friend and a good um, ally of the show and, and-, and very helpful. Um, and then the third interview was with Gerald Holm, who played Squidhead, Tessic, in Return of the Jedi, um, who I talked to briefly at a convention that he had come to in dallas and we did a little like on-camera interview for that website but not an official sit-down interview and we spent probably an hour and a half talking and he uh he has passed away since uh but he was very articulate and very knowledgeable and had like a photographic memory of everything and so he knew everything about film and return the jedi and had all these stories um and so i took that hour and a half interview and made about 45 minutes and I sent it to him, and he was like, Brandon, this is the best interview I've ever done. Like, I, I sound so good. I'm like, yes, because I cut out 45 minutes of you talking. Right? <laughs> uh, but he was uh, a, an enormous supporter of the show and would introduce me to other cast members that he would go to conventions with. you, like, hey, you should talk to Brandon or whatever. So like, a lot of those early guests, especially if you look, and they're all like the performers, um, are all through Gerald. And so again, Gerald was an enormous supporter of the show, and that was a a way that it kind of started rolling, and then really the moment that I was like, Oh, this is very cool, is I reached out. There was a bookstore in Dallas again, uh, being in a, a town that was big enough to attract stuff but not big enough to like be saturated, like in LA mm. or in New York, uh, was helpful because I saw that there was a, a Dallas bookstore that was doing a signing with Timothy Zahn for the first Thrawn book, and I was like, Oh, wonderful. I, my favorite author, <laughs> maybe of all time. I've never met him. I'm very excited. So I reached out. I was like, hey, if you need any help with promoting this or whatever, I'd love to interview him or whatever for the thing. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get in touch with Delray. I was like, okay, whatever. But then I was going to Comic-Con for work. And they're like, if you can make it to San Diego, you can interview Tim, you know, before the signing. I was like, oh, I'll be at San Diego for work. So, <laughs> right. so I interviewed Timothy Zahn um, it in the Delray booth. Like We went inside the Delray booth. And it was just me. And him and my producer, Jason, and Timothy Zahn's wife. And that was it. And it was my favorite author. And we talked for 45 minutes. And he was very nice. Um, and it was a very, very cool experience. And then from then on, it's just kind of been um, snowballing ever since. So um, I'm very lucky, obviously, with all these stories. Um, but it's been very, very, very rewarding, um, definitely. Yeah, we all met
0: Timothy Zahn at ICC in Nashville. He was yeah. a really nice guy. So, yeah. so, so nice, so nice,
3: so fan friendly. He was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had
1: him right out in the main convention floor, and you could go right up to him. He did pictures with us. It was super nice. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was a great guy. Uh, definitely, yeah. Huge fan of huge fan of his and his books. So for sure. Uh, what has been, uh, or what has been some of the. Uh, I don't really want you to say who your favorite guests are because that's yeah, really not a yeah, not man. a you're, you I'm know sure. good question. But what have been some of the uh, unexpected surprises or you know highlights that mm. you you know that just were like wow that is just really cool.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say who my favorite is. Uh, I'll say no, who my least yeah. favorite is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, some of the best have been people that i've really tried to get and so then finally when you get them and it's been like a year if you like going back and forth and emailing and scheduling and then you're sitting there it's like very uh overwhelming it's very stressful because okay we got to nail this right um and so some of these are like like todd viziri for instance who i like is one of my favorite twitter followers of all time he's an ilm just like incredible visual effects wizard um but he's so passionate and so well-spoken about the state of visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came in very prepared and very on, and he was very on, and he remains a great friend and connection and and someone that is very supportive of the show, and that was a, a very nice surprise. Another one similar is, um, his name is Andrew Booth, you wouldn't know his name, um, but he runs Blind Limited, And Blind Limited is a London-based company that's maybe three employees, but they are responsible for every single screen in the Disney Star Wars movies. So when you see a display or when you see a computer or when you see the Death Star, you know, big, huge TV or whatever it is, he's responsible for, like, all of those details and all those geometric patterns and everything. And he does it for not just Star Wars, but for... Every James Bond movie or the Dark Knight trilogy, right? He's done it for everything. And but he is really like, if you think about like what makes you feel like you're in a Star Wars set or a Star Wars place, like it's like those lights with the cylinders, right? Uh, And, and like how the screens look. And it was a, again, it probably took a year to put that together and, um, and he was just so fantastic. And and it was like a great conversation. Like what makes Star Wars feel like Star Wars, uh, which I love, I love doing. Um, and so those, those two really stick out to me as ones I'm very proud of, I think is a good way to frame it. I, I'm yeah. very proud of how those turned out. Um, and yeah, I can, I can, I can just go down the list, but those, yeah. <laughs> for the sake of timing, those are ones that I really love. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah
2: I, I listened to the Todd
1: one. That was a, You're right. He, he could, I could just hear the passion and yeah. it, that was, that was a great, and
2: he's very great well, sp- I, 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 not to like hype him up or whatever, but like, I do talk to a lot of VFX people, and sometimes it goes way over my head right like i'm not a a computer guy like i it went way over my head sometimes when they talk about stuff uh and he works in in such a intense specific capacity that his ability to speak on how it works in layman's terms while still being informative and educational is is a feat and i told him the only other person that i've seen that can do it to that extent is Dennis murin um, him and Dennis have very similar capabilities on doing that and that embarrassed him but I stand by it um, though those are two very similar interviews that I've had um, and that I'm very very happy with very cool very yeah, cool.
0: I'm looking at uh, blind limited right now all those images it's
2: cool stuff right you're yeah, like oh exactly yeah I love cool. this. Cool. I love everything here right it's yeah I really enjoyed the Gary witta
1: episode uh, that was a I really had uh was a yeah i just gary widow was you know i we, we know who gary witt is and had just never thought about running into an interview with him and and mm-hmm. that was such an um, i really loved the the back and forth especially towards the end i think you guys were talking about uh what we're going to name the episode you know <laughs> and <laughs> you know and you're like well i think i'm thinking of calling it revenge of the Revenge of Gary Whitta and, and then he pitched the idea of you know starting with revenge and then switching it to return you know after <laughs> yeah, about six hours.
2: <laughs> that's why they pay him the big bucks. That's why that's why he's the successful <laughs> author and creator.
1: Yeah, um, and then another really episode I enjoyed a lot was the Chris Bartlett. Uh, become a huge fan of his because of Mando and um, I had never heard an interview with him, and wow, what an amazing story. Um, to get to where he's at. And I right. and I think one of the most underappreciated things in Star Wars right now, and we see it in Mando and we see it in Andor, which is the body language mm-hmm. uh, acting. You know, there's just... And in Andor, along with the facial cues, uh, the, the unspoken communication in both of those shows has been phenomenal. And in Mando, it's been a lot of Chris. And, and so I've become a huge... Uh, Chris Bartlett Stan um you know of his work I just appreciate it I love it uh, the sure. eleva- elevator scene in in Book of Boba um with Mando just that simple body language just the simple movement it was just just perfect it, it not overstated not understated it was just perfect and and yeah. Uh, but yeah what a great story to go from you know fan to to working for you know Lucasfilm and wow yeah just crazy um scruff i know you had a couple questions
0: absolutely um who do you wish you could interview all right That's who would, be your who, yeah, would be your who would be your
2: your grail yeah i your have grail. i have the list i have the list of i i, I was talking to someone today i had five and, and now or for ian mccague was on the list and i interviewed him for insider which was very cool uh, and i kind of kind of cross it off the list a little bit right i'm like okay like i don't think he'll ever do a talking bay, but like we did communicate a bunch like it was it was a very rewarding experience um, cuz he's just a master um so the remaining four um and these are i don't really do like actors or anything you know like i could always say Harrison Ford obviously that'd be great but like i, I don't think i could ever get Harrison or George or, like there would be nothing i could ask that hasn't been said and so a yeah. lot of these people that so uh, Doug Chang uh, is very high on the list of people I've not interviewed yet in any capacity. Um, and, and then you have uh, the number one, uh, which is Marsha uh, Lucas, is the number one. Uh, ben Burt's number two, but Marsha is very much like, you know, she's only, what, two interviews. I always say, like, if I ever interviewed Marsha, that would be the last episode, that'd be it. You know, I don't think it'll ever happen stranger things have happened uh but that would be that would be the grail that'd be, yeah that would be that phenomenal. would
0: be that would be epic all right
1: mm-hmm. and yeah you're right that'd be a high note to go right out on right. Yeah, That's, absolutely yeah, yep. yeah hang
0: it up after that
1: <laughs> not gonna top that one so
0: so what is your least favorite star wars character and why is it jackson
2: <laughs> so, uh, uh, wait one second i have uh you can't i can't say that because i spent 25 dollars on the uh jackson black, black suit figure that came out yeah i had to nice. do this yeah uh it. right right above my finger <laughs> i had to do it and i had to um uh, uh during, the, during the pandemic i started uh really I, i've always collected comic books they're right behind me in these black and white boxes but i really started getting into um it's called CGC. Uh, they they they're the ones that like put them in plastic and give it a grade, you know, mm-hmm. which is stupid, but it is, you know, whatever. And I did buy, I think it's like a nine point two of Jackson's first comic book appearance, just to really, and it was like it was like fifty dollars or something, and I was like, no, nope, gotta have it, like gotta own oh, this. Got gotcha, to, got gotcha. to. Um, so I can't say Jackson legally just because I spent what now seventy nine dollars on Jackson merch. So that's <laughs> somebody that I would never
1: spend money on. <sighs> Yeah, we have kind of a running joke with Jackson, and it's it's uh,
0: the the uh, big
2: the big rabbit, the big yeah
0: yeah. I it's just a character I just don't understand. Um, I yeah, it's I have the comics. I have I have uh, I'm only 20 short of the entire original Marvel run. Not in great shape, but most of them are in pretty pretty good shape. Um, yeah. But a lot of them were mine when I was a kid, so I can never replace them. They're they're my original comics.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, I did end up buying Jackson. Yeah, he's right about right about to. there. You have to, right. And then I bought D B one and I just I don't understand the character. <laughs> <laughs> but at any anyway, rate, uh so what is your what is your least favorite character? Okay.
2: Let me think. Least favorite <laughs> character Um Okay. I have one and I cannot remember his name. Um, which is a good sign, obviously but there's a character in clone wars who is also in one of the Queen's shadow trilogy of books um who is padme's he's also a senator and he was like he like he wanted to date padme they might have had like a small fling but he's like super smarby super oily and uh uh i can google it while we're all sitting here and you can edit (laughs) um loved padme i cannot remember it's rush clovis oh yes, clovis. Clovis. Yeah, yeah. clovis Rush. Yeah. You, know, you can edit to you rush clovis the worst character in star wars yeah nah, I, <laughs> I, I had to pick one that i was like i wouldn't buy like his toy or whatever you know like it's probably rush clovis uh <laughs> so that's my answer that's all
0: right what and what is your most favorite star wars character and why is it jar jar
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're joking about jar jar but as i said earlier you know i'm a prequel boy so jar jar i know where the the criticisms lie i know the controversy i know it all you have to imagine 1999 i'm seven years old jar jar binks very funny right october 31st 1999 guess who went as jar jar binks for halloween early, <laughs> you're talking to right now you did. So, i did I, I can i'll send you all the picture afterwards um very yeah, i'm awesome. very proud of it because i think i think again like we've had jar jar renaissance is the wrong word because like he's still you know he's still jar jar right for every you know he's still jar jar he's still a little grating he's still whatever but i i have a pretty good like s- stake in the jar jar renaissance of being like nope i was there i was i was ready to go i was fine <laughs> um and then i will say you know especially talking all the behind the scenes people jar jar is one example of it but also boss Nass and wato uh Phantom Menace and those computer-generated characters is, like, why we have Marvel movies today. You know what I mean? Like, right. that Absolutely. is... And so, oh, it's, yeah. it's fascinating to me. Um, so, I, again, kind of like Chris's call Apologist, very much a Jar Jar Apologist. Uh, but it's very funny. It's very funny, like, that's iconic. And I also feel like it's kind of, it's kind of like been the Ewoks, I'm sure, for, for y'all, right? Like, everyone was like, very much Ewoks. What a terrible time. And now, like, no, Ewoks are fine. Like, you know, they're mm-hmm. not, like... Um, Okay. Murder Bears,
3: yeah, murders. Murder Bears. I just,
2: I actually just finished, uh, actually, I, don't know I, I finished uh, a piece about Ewoks recently, um, and I'm, I'm excited to put that out because I have a soft spot for them as well. well um, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, um, but my favorite Star Wars character, I always go between Han and Lando, um, especially for the original trilogy. If I went prequels and like compared their entire arcs, it's Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. um, just because I think that character has been so fleshed out, and it's been really wonderful to track that journey and those actors. Um, but yeah, uh, it's always Harrison Ford, right? That's always the answer. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I, I'm a big, I'm a big Billy D, big Billy D guy. Uh, and so, so those are those are my my current my current standings.
0: Well, I threw the Jar Jar out there because I, I went out on a limb. And I'm like, well, he definitely does not look to be in his fifties. Right. So he's got to be a prequels, a uh, prequel yes. uh, fan, yeah. And he was probably the prequels are to him what the original trilogy was to us, yeah. So I kind of figured, uh, figured Jar Jar was. Uh, I, I again, I'm, I'm lucky where I
2: can. I almost equate the original six as as a unit, which I'm very lucky to be yeah. able to do so, right? Because again, they all came out for to me technically in a ten year span. Right? I was like, okay, here they are. We did it. Um, and then the Disney trilogy is a little bit removed for me, right? Where I still love yeah, it and nice. I still, but it is, right. it's kind of, I think, what the, the original trilogy prequels are to to the 77 generation. So it's just, again, an interesting perspective to have because obviously there's a generation that has that, um, but you find a lot of prequel fans that are prequel fans, right? That they were, they love the prequels. They almost think that some people, I've this is a take that I cannot, I, I love a good hot take and we can do our hot takes. I love a good hot take. I've seen the hot take that as f- people say it for episode four they say it for a new hope that a new hope is boring and i'm like what a terrible thing to say what a terrible <laughs> thing wow uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so i can't i can't abide by that kind of prequel standing you know of like oh yeah prequels are the best everything else sucked um but it's just a very interesting and I, this will happen again in 10 years 15 years i'm going to interview somebody who was 10 years old when rise of skywalker came out right and they're like yep rise of skywalker fantastic i love it it's better than return of the jedi and you're like i i don't think so but but people are going to think that right and they're allowed to because of just how you grow up and what you associate it with and what you you know love so when yeah exactly menace, when, when the phantom menace came out yeah
0: uh I found, jar- I found jar to be a little annoying but i recognize that this is a new star wars for a new generation this is not my star wars and because we were coming off of such a dark time, all those years without any Star Wars content, I was just excited to see something coming. So sure. I really enjoyed it. Loved it.
2: Yeah.
1: I And I had kids at the time, and so that were, were young. And Jar Jar didn't bother me. It was just another character in the movie. And I was just happy to have new Star Wars and, and share <laughs> it with my kids, you know, right. as, as they were little. And my youngest, uh, uh, brownie One, he is, uh, I don't know how many pictures of. Darth Vader pajamas, and you know, I mean, just yeah, he's he's definitely the out of all my kids. You know, he's the one Star Wars kid. But um yeah, it was just it was just part of what it was, and we didn't, you know, and we we laugh about it, you know, and we can find humor in the stuff, um, sure, you know, with Star Wars, and we know the criticisms like you do, and and you know, and, but we also recognize that you know what that technology did. You know for the industry and it's just uh, you know and so truly appreciate that i know i threw some tweets out last year for ahmed and um, mm-hmm. just talking about just how great he was I and mean, you know and and yeah. the crit- unfortunately
2: the criticism he had to go through but um yeah that's, no, no, that's another guy that i i've gotten close to interviewing and i have not yet but ahmed would be huge no. i would i would I, I don't get star trek very often i would be I'd be starstruck for Ahmed for sure. That would be pretty awesome. Yes, yeah. that would be, I,
3: yeah. I would love to, to, to talk to him just for his perspective, because he busted his butt for that character, then took the abuse. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, just like the prequels were, were the, uh, you know, there'd be no Marvel universe without the prequels and people who say a new hope is slow. Uh, there wouldn't be any of it without a new hope. <laughs> right. You know, right. It, For for those of us that were there before seventy seven, you can't imagine how bad movies really were, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And and, well, I mean, generally speaking, but you know, just there's not a movie without a special effect of some kind today. I mean, even even the most basic dramas have some green screen or something blotted out or something digitally changed, and and you can trace it all right back to just the original Star Wars. And
1: like you're saying, depending on what generation you come in at, what phase you come in at, could I see some of the younger ones where everything is just constant, uh, you know? I mean, you, you can't go five minutes without sensory input in today's world. Right. 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 You know, because of cell phones and everything, and it's just firing the brain and the synapses and everything. And it's just uh, and could I see somebody today growing up like that, you know, looking at a new hope and going, it's kind of slow. Yeah. From their perspective, I could kind of see that. Uh, but we had like a we had a really good discussion with another pod called Duel of the Ranks and they're all prequel kids. And, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, and but they were uh, they were able to see, you know, what value the original trilogy brought forward. And um, so we had a great discussion. We love talking to we love talking to the different eras of fans because just for that perspective, just to see, you know, what, what pe- how people feel, because for sure you know, uh, DB's got DB's got a little one a youngling at home and you know she's a, a sequel trilogy kid and uh, you know and more power to her you know <laughs> um, regardless of how we feel about the movies it, it doesn't really matter you know it's she loves it and that's good enough for us you know that's and uh, it, it's a big enough universe for everybody All right Scruffy what else
2: did you have
0: so uh, just uh, wondering what is your favorite Star Wars content right now
2: Oh, right now? I mean, obviously Andor just like bl- bl- blowing me away. Just so cool. Um, and just like a really nice change of pace. But I've loved, I mean, pretty much everything Disney Plus wise, I've really enjoyed. I will say the the thing that sticks out to me from the Disney purchase, the the best thing has been Visions still in my opinion. I really cannot overstate like how wonderful Visions was, how much of a like George Lucas thing Visions was. Like that's the ultimate dream of George it's just like Star Wars being weird and being wacky and being people's individual you know, creativity without being, you know, forced within the canon. Um and it's just like so beautiful and I think I've seen that probably 10 15 times at this point. I just like keep watching it. Um so Visions has been huge for me. I'm looking around trying to think if there's any like books or anything I haven't really really digging um, I've been reading The High Republic which is fun and fine um, that's all <laughs> just, yeah, starting, and
0: they... just starting to get into High Republic myself yeah.
2: it, it's, it is I got into New Jedi Order when that was around um, and it's very reminiscent of that um, it's a little overwhelming for me because I do love to read and I read a lot uh, but like, they'll be like, okay, here's three new books came out today. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> or then like, also like the comics, like there's so much and it's nice to go to the well and like read whatever I want. And like, there's always new stuff. Sometimes I get a little, a little overwhelmed where I like being always on top of it. always like reading the newest book and the newest, like being with knowing what's happening. Um, and so I think yeah. that's where the disconnect I have with High Republic is. Cause I like, I, I don't think I've ever read anything for phase two yet. Yeah. I haven't either. Um, I no, and, and I have it all. I, I, I have a I right here, and the other ones in my room, and um, I just been reading other stuff. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, anyway, so
0: it's really it's really hard. Um, I took a just a total nosedive into comics about about six months ago. Mm. So I have comics behind me and down by my down by my feet here that I haven't had even had a chance to open the open the package it came yeah. in and it's just driving me insane because i, I want to read it i want to get to it but uh, it's never seen yeah. to have the time will, at
2: all i will uh one of my little gifts to myself and you can do it with both marvel and dc but they both have online mm-hmm. um subscriptions mm-hmm. and my wife had a really nice ipad pro that she was not using and so i just bought myself the dc unlimited and the marvel Infinite, or whatever and it, you're like six months behind i think is what they yeah. do like but, like, for most of it, like, for, you can read pretty much every Star Wars comic, really, besides, like, six or something. You know what I mean? Like, and I've been just, like, loving it. I, I have it by my bed, and I'll read, like, because you can just, like, speed read, right? You can just be like, oh, we're just, and it's a beautiful interface. Uh, and uh, and I I really, high, it's, it's a nice, it's, like, five dollars a month or something, and I get, like, so much enjoyment out of it. Uh, and I highly recommend, highly recommend that, especially if you have a nice tablet laying around somewhere
0: very tempted to but I'm old school where I have to feel the
2: paper in my hand for some dumb reason well like I, I love the feel I mean like as you can see all around me I have just like uh, bookshelves and, and then I, I mean I have six boxes of comics but then I get like OCD about touching things and so having <laughs> owning it both digitally and physically is great I do both I just I, I, I spend double the money uh, because of my OCD it's great I feel yeah, your pain
0: yeah yeah,
3: your
2: pain. Yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah
1: i've read the first three of phase one in hyper public and yeah the first book was a little overwhelming because it was just all these new characters all new names
2: just... right you're just like i guess and, man and, and, yeah, and, yeah, you... I, and i'm
1: trying to track and i can't and i'm just like ah so i was kind of glad in the second and third novel they kind of started to pare down a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know and got to where they got to at the end of the third and um i was real big f- i really like the second book the second book in this yeah. series i really, i, really I like
2: agree it. second book is great and i'm a huge claudia gray fan and that third one didn't shy with me as much as i hoped it would um but i'm excited for i'm excited for phase two and um i've heard really good things and so we'll see how it goes and yes. i just got the um the art of the high republic book that came out Ooh. this week with Kristen oh. baber and it is it is really fascinating because there's some really great insight into how it was formed um, and some themes that maybe I didn't pick up on as much that are the basis of the entire stories. Uh, and I really, really highly recommend that. That's cool. That's cool.
1: What else you got, Scruff?
0: So, uh, you know, as original fans, we've been around with the red, we've had the originals around with us for, since it came out, of course, you know, and we have that certain point of view if you will of what we think star wars should be or where we would like to see it go but you know with a different perspective that you have what would you like to see in the future of star wars You know, what would you like to see disney create
2: yeah i will say i i just want i want more visions <laughs> i want more <laughs> visions i want more and i think i think what we have right now is so fascinating because i think it is it is the perfect blend of star wars across the board, right? We have animation with Bad Batch season two coming out, right? Which is classic Clone Wars. Also, Tales of the Jedi. We didn't talk Mm -hmm. about that. Tales of the Jedi, fantastic. Also, Mm -hmm. if they just did Tales of the Jedi once a quarter, once a year, it's like, here's another 45 minutes, right? Or whatever it is, right? Awesome. And it's like new Jedi or new whatever every, every year. That would be incredible, right? So we have just stellar animation. The animation team just like doing everything they can it's a tiny bit kid-friendly, right? Like, that's, like, in a pretty good wheel of a bunch of people can enjoy this in a bunch of different ways. You have Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, that Favreau-verse sort of thing going on, which is a lot mm-hmm. of fun, has some flaws. That's a little, I think, a little too tied to the original trilogy, a little bit, a little too ahsoka right? Like, it's just, it's not its own thing as much as it was in that first season. Yeah. But it's still very good and very fun. And I, I love it every week, and everyone watches it together, and that's so cool, and that's a very... Um, mainstream star wars right that's what everyone is watching and knows about and then you have andor which is like very heady very adult very political very dry no pew pew no you know anything and that's great and then and then you have the books and the comics and so like right now we have every type of star wars right and i just want them to keep pushing the envelope with all of that right because i think i think some people can be like yep i just love mandalorian or like i just want things like Andor. i just want things like kenobi i just want things like like people can do whatever But i think for people that are just like i just want to watch a new star wars every week and enjoy it and talk about it with my friends and think about it and then some of that i'm gonna really love and some of them will be like kind of blah on. but like i'm not gonna start a youtube channel about like how kenobi should have been four episodes and not six or you know like who cares who cares it's all great it's all fun yeah. it's star it's It's Star Wars, right? It's a it's a Mm -hmm. Disney show. (laughs) Like it's it's fine, it's for children. And we're all lucky that it's still going on and that it's still high quality and it's gonna grow and evolve. And honestly, like at this moment, as we are talking on November tenth, twenty twenty two, I think this is the strongest Star Wars has ever been in terms of just like constant contact. Constant content. Um the only thing that it really needs is movies in the cinema, which I don't think it like, needs needs, but I will say like seeing Andor on that big screen was very good. You're like, oh, I wish more people could see Andor on a big screen, right? I wish we could all not watch this on our TVs. So eventually when we get there in what, 2025 or whatever, a new Star Wars movie's gonna come out, that will be nice. But as of right now, I'm very happy with the mix of content we are getting, and I hope that mix continues. I think all three of us talked about this a little bit
0: at some point in time over the last couple of weeks, but Tales of the Jedi, Yaddle, she did not talk like Yoda, how did you <laughs> feel about that?
2: I thought it was so funny, because um, <laughs> um, I, I saw it early, I saw uh, like a week or two early, and I was just kind of sitting on this knowledge that Yaddle did not talk like a weirdo. I just kind of knew, and I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't talk to anybody, and I just kind of knew. I, was like, I know how Yaddle sounds. She sounds like Claire Danes from Jurassic World. Like, is this who? Is this who Yaddle is? Um, and I thought it was funny. I have seen. I don't know if y'all have seen the quote from Filoni, which I thought was very cool, where he says that he talked to Frank Oz once, and Frank Oz says that Yoda is the only member of his species that talks that way because he does it. In remembrance of his former master who used to talk that way. And I was mm-hmm. like, if Frank Oz thinks that, and that's what he told Dave filoni that's I'm canon. cool with it, man. I think that's fun. That's sure. Canon, Which I no. think I think yeah. they're setting it up for like Grogu not to talk backwards. Cause eventually Grogu has to talk, right? Like eventually right. we're gonna get to Mando and he's gonna be like, Dad, I love you or something. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna <laughs> Love he's you, gonna... I do, Dad. So I think, <laughs> I think honestly, I think yaddle being an important character in tales of the jedi is to set up grogu being not just someone that coos and goos right like Mm -hmm. it's them getting you used to a third member of the yoda species before mando season five or whatever you know um and that's where it could have been that that could have been anyone that jedi who Dooku kills could have been any of the jedi right that Mm -hmm. is in phantom menace and not an attack of the clones which there are several right like Adigalia or whatever or yarrow poof actually yarrow poof is in clones, yes so but you yeah. know what i mean uh but there are a few there are a few that don't make the cut besides the so
0: and that's where i was going with it it's like is this is this setting us up for grogu talking normal yeah
2: yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting <laughs> i i don't know i don't know
1: um, but oh, like that's it. A, that's I like. I like that concept. You know, once a quarter, just drop some episodes. And, oh my gosh, can you imagine? You know, and sprinkle in a little bit of that Clone Wars
2: crew, just so we don't lose them. You know, and uh, <sighs> that so would
1: weird. be, yeah. Just the animation
2: was so beautiful. I was like watching it, and I was like distracted by like how good the animation looked, specifically in Tales of the Jedi, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, like they're really. <laughs> And it, I think having small time frames, like 15 minutes, and they could just like focus on the shadows and focus on the lighting and focus on the detail, I think is very cool. So I would love yeah. more. I think it did very well. I think it was the number two show on Disney Plus. Um, so hopefully they got the message that people want. More. I
1: hope so. I, uh, I really like I like the Dooku episodes a lot better, a lot more than I thought I would. I, I thought oh, that, I was. I thought that storyline was great. I was,
2: I was really, I was real nervous because i love duke i love qui-gon and we don't know that much we had that one book we have the one Kevin scott book right. that's pretty much it right mm-hmm. and it was just like oh you see him delete camino like that's mm-hmm. cool man like that's a cool mm-hmm. thing we finally got to see so yeah yep.
1: i'm all in absolutely and yeah i'm i love visions I, I i thought that was such a great fun new like you said it harkens back to what lucas would i think truly appreciate and i i read the ronin novel that was really good and the, maybe
2: the best Star Wars book I've read in such a long time. Like so yeah. cool, so unique. I really, I really dug it. I really, really dug it. Yeah, such a cool twist on things. Yeah, right.
1: yeah, what was yeah. What else you got, Scruff?
0: Uh, you know, just a just a quick comment. I mean, you sounds like you've had an amazing career so far. Um, absolutely love the work you've done with um, Star Wars Insider. I, I missed. I missed the Star Wars insiders um, a couple of years ago. I had to start like saying, "Okay, you've got to get something under control here." Yeah. Just because it says Star Wars on it doesn't mean you got to right. go buy it. So I had to start trimming some things back here and there, and the insider was one of the things I let go of, unfortunately. So
2: I'm okay. You're a lot not missing. You, you, you know, if you need me to. To read uh, an article out loud to you or something, just just send me a minute. <laughs> oh, you're gonna, wish, you're gonna wish you. Uh, heads oh, sure. I'll read, uh, <laughs> You are gonna one, wish you had said one, one a quarter,
0: one a quarter, one oh, a quarter. There we go. Put yeah, some words uh, <laughs> in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, yeah, you better put some stipulations <laughs> out there because you are gonna wish you had said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, just just love that Fangoria. Sighting and stuff, man. It's just awesome. Oh, yeah.
2: I, um, they're doing... Uh, I was very lucky to go on board when they... Because re- they relaunched the magazine. It had gone out of business. They relaunched it to... I don't know if you picked up a new one, but... They relaunched it to be these... Um, like... They're, like, almost coffee table books. They're, like, very stiff. cardstock, 100 pages. They're oh, beautiful. Cool. They, do, they do such a good job. Um... Well, there are Barnes and Noble and stuff now. Um, they're quarterly, actually, um, and yeah, Phil noble Jr. is the editor over there. And Then my buddy Jason is the creative director and does all the layouts. And I've been lucky to write a couple things for them. I did a Phil Tippett article for them recently. Um, they're they're just still really doing a fantastic job. I'm I really highly recommend picking it up and like next time you're in a bookstore, just checking it out because when you pick it up, you're like, oh, this is. It's like an adult. It's an adult thing now it's really cool it's really cool, oh,
0: cool. awesome just for me, one more thing to collect yeah there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs>
2: because now i think they're on issue like what 15 or 16 so don't look up what like issue number one goes for because um oh. <laughs> it, I, might, <laughs> I might i might i might in a protective case because it does go for this was the first issue they put out and i bought it the first day it came out um it was it was for the first halloween oh. reboot it's so good it um uh, but it, it is, is—it is. For, I mean, it is, quote unquote, just $100 on eBay, I think, or something. <laughs> uh, but for, yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm, I'm already looking it up right now. <laughs>
2: DB, did you have any questions?
3: You guys stole all money <laughs> Just
1: Ask <laughs> like them again, I'll, I'll send
3: your answers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wanted to comment about something we were talking about. Um, how you, you were saying there's so much content out there right now. And I think it's interesting that we have Tales of the Jedi, which are these short, concise stories out at the same time as Andor, which, you know, we could have a whole episode of paint drying. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I don't like Andor. I'm just saying just two totally different styles of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And and I love them both. Yeah. Because the more Andor I watch, the more I appreciate it and enjoy it. Right. So
2: it's 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 a really it's a really special show that we're lucky to that they made a star wars show like this like i think it's very cool and i hope that that kind of decision making moves forward and that they're still able to balance it with the fun and with the exciting and the pew pew like i was saying earlier but it is it is very special to have Andor on right now and this last episode just like just might be the best one yet and just keeps getting better
3: the tension built in that was fantastic
2: yeah truly fantastic
1: very cool well let's move over to uh collection corner at this point and uh you know
2: i feel like i've done that the entire episode but yeah you can, i know I can,
1: right i, I right. can show I was, more maybe i can do more special edition collection corner, a whole episode yeah uh but yeah uh, guys have you added anything to your collections this week
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah i went down to the comic
0: book store bought uh six or eight new issues of various comic books um yeah um uh, oh, the um, the Empire Strikes Back retro collection Boba Fett and Boss came in the mail today, Ooh. yesterday. Oh, so nice! Excellent. Those are already uh, removed from the box and in uh, the acrylic cases. The droid Star Wars stamps came in the mail yesterday. <laughs> I had to have them because you know there's Gonk droid on there. How do you not? Mm-hmm. How could I not have that? So somehow I got to get that some kind of a protective sleeve and put it in the uh, display case next to the Gonk Droid Army going on there.
1: He's literally building a Gonk Droid Army. It's a army. We're up to yeah. thirty right.
0: We're up to thirty right now. I will not stop until I have a hundred.
1: <laughs> Joining the Hammerheads, right?
0: Oh yes, uh, a Hammerhead Army going on right now too. Um, there's
1: probably about twenty there. Nice. So yeah, it's a little it's a little out of control around here. DB, have you added anything this week?
3: Uh, Well, I feel like such an amateur after listening and seeing some of (laughs) Brandon's stuff. Uh, Well, you know, I I spoke last week. I went down the rabbit hole of the Micro Galaxy Squadron, and I'm trying to be select because I want to stick with the ships that I personally like. I don't have to be a completist and and have everything in the line just because it comes out. But I've been struggling to find a TIE fighter, and uh, I stumbled on one the other day. So, uh, you know, I had to add that to the collection. I I can see myself building uh, my fleet of ships of of Ties and X-Wings. But, you know, after seeing the Crystal Skull, you know, and I'm, oh, I got a TIE fighter. (laughs) 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 Just 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 get a a Crystal Skull. Just try to climb. And, you know, there's so many, I, I follow so many sites that, you know, are, are, splitting hairs over you know oh this weapon is a slightly different color is it repro is it real you know and what factory was it made Uh, even my style of collecting is a little different does it make me happy cool it's going on the shelf you know i'm a little more casual but if you ever want to get rid of that crystal skull i'll give you my (laughs) address because that's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) that yeah
0: (laughs) i don't know if i'm going to be able to resist that crystal skull uh, I'm going to do my best.
2: Yeah, free shipping <laughs> yes. on Shop Disney. It's, uh, it's... Uh,
0: yeah, I pulled it up. I, I, actually, uh, <laughs> uh,
2: I think there's also, do you all use Rakuten? Rakuten it's like cash back on certain mm-hmm. sites. I think it's like maybe 10% off on Shop Disney. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so, so just, I don't get any money uh, from ShopDisney.com. <laughs> Please, actually, if you're going to spend any money, go to Mondoshop.com um, and, uh, and, <laughs> and buy from there. Uh, uh, no.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've also got pulled up on uh, eBay, uh, Fangoria Magazine Issues 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> I get all three of them for 100 right now.
2: It's pretty good. That, it, that, yes?
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I, may very, I may very well do that. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I, I have not added anything this week. It's been a quiet week for me. But uh, you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but, Brandon, so what's the latest thing you've uh, added? Uh, okay,
2: uh, let's... I was, I, was, I was looking in my room a little bit while you were talking, so I could, I could get the latest. I'm going to have to stand up and pull some stuff, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know, go for absolutely. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just got this today. I ordered this on eBay a few weeks ago, and it finally came in from Japan. This is from 2003, I think. Uh, it's a catalog for, oh. it's called, it says George Lucas Museum, which is a little uh, outside of its time. Uh, but it's a Japanese catalog for from that exhibit. Um, it's all in Japanese. Uh, it's beautiful photos, beautiful collectors. There's a oh, there's a new guys. interview with George Lucas so in there cool. that I cannot read. Um, but the cover was good, and it says George Lucas Museum on the side, so I hilarious. bought that. Um, that's awesome. Um, oh, that is epically cool. With uh, and then I've been showing this off, um, speaking on know what my favorite character was and i said it was Lando because of Billy D Williams. Oh yes. Uh, oh that little, is uh, epic. Uh, and it works. The light works. Um, so i'm very happy with this with this purchase. I got a great deal on it. It normally goes for a lot and i got it for a little. Uh that's still a lot, so i'll take it. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, that is epically awesome. There's a we 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 work with a guy that looks just like Billy D Williams. <laughs> and for the last <laughs> 20 years I have been trying to get him to wear his gray suit to work and pose with a can of coal. 45. No, you got mm-hmm. to. He has to. I it was offered, just I it was him a Halloween. Once. It was just Halloween. You could have done it then. But. He won't do it. I yeah. offered him $100. I literally took a $100 bill, put it down on the table, and said, Dude, you have to do this. He laughed at me, turned around, and walked out of the office. I'll your 100
3: if I know him. <laughs> yeah, he, did. he
0: didn't he did nope. He left to sit there. Nope. They turned around and walked out of the office. Went, Bro, come
3: on.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Oh, that sign is awesome.
1: That is that is
2: phenomenal. Again, a thing, I thing got a TIE Fighter.
3: No, TIE Fighter <laughs> TIE Fighter again. I I, wow. I, I feel I,
2: I've really tried to like i tried to explain. Uh I really have been trying to like be very specific with my collection, where it's like a little bit more behind the scenes, a little bit more. Curated a little more, because otherwise I'll just go crazy. Uh, yeah, so like I the series know. I've been buying are just the behind the scenes. I got that John Favreau black series, you know, like that kind of stuff. Where I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny and weird. Um, but I don't know if that makes it a good collection or not. But it is. It is what I've been getting. Hey,
0: if it makes you happy, it's a good collection. Exactly. <laughs> go.
1: Exactly. All right. Well, cool. Um, and then uh, final thing. Any Star Wars news you guys want to touch on really quick? So i see ghibli studio ghibli announced a collaboration with lucasfilm so that's pretty cool
2: that that is huge it really kind of threw me for a loop this morning because i love studio ghibli um i love uh, everything they've done i uh, there was an incredible exhibit at the academy museum in la and so when i was there for celebration we went the next day to the academy museum and it was beautiful Um, and i've heard rumors of what this could be there was initial hopes that it was maybe part of vision season two maybe it was a standalone feature there is a leaked Disney Plus schedule from a different country that seems like there might be a grogu short coming out oh uh, this year and and how it's phrased in the in the I'm trying to pull it up in the tweet is that it is those dust bunnies from uh from Totoro it says like Grogu and the dust bunnies sort of it says Grogu Elos holiness which I guess means dust bunnies uh and so that could be that could be what that is on the 12th of November I guess we'll find out in two days if that's real or not um and so that could be it or it could be you know but it's very exciting no matter what that these two studios are coming together yeah yeah.
0: Oh, yeah that'll be awesome
1: that's very cool uh any other items guys you want to touch on quick
0: yeah uh star wars marvel star wars hidden empire um a new uh marvel comic book line coming out along with a marvel comic book line called yoda uh there goes the rest of my cash for uh nashville in 2023 I will probably once again be in my room uh, selling my collection to fund the trip. <laughs> so, uh, that did happen last year. I sold my soul basically. Um, uh, the guys here did see me cry once.
1: Yep, we did.
0: It was not. It, mm-hmm. was, it was. a little painful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that was. I that was kind of one of the coolest parts of that whole show. Is so the convention was all in the same hotel as the mm-hmm. convention and. Um, so if you got your rooms there and then at night when the convention shut down, everybody's doors would open up and you'd have room sales and you just go. Oh,
2: incredible. Them. That's dangerous yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. That show is great. And uh, I was going to go one year. The first year it happened, which is a smaller show. And this year, some great guests and a lot of old friends of the show. Uh, I'm definitely thinking about it for next year. It's a little bit of a flight for me, but it, it would be definitely, definitely cool.
1: Yeah,
2: oh, we are
0: you got to go. We'll be there. Yeah, we've already got no, passes,
2: and um, we, yeah,
1: we've uh, Mike Havens is the guy that that organizes it and runs it. He's a great guy, uh, puts yeah. on a good show. And they're moving to a bigger venue, and they ended up having to rent the uh, fairgrounds next door. Oh to wow! Their, the convention center because they're get, he's just getting so much input for vendor tables and everything. And yeah, when we were there last year, we got to uh, uh, we got uh, we got to do a 15 minute YouTube short. Uh, with their podcast room which was fun meet some of the other yeah. podcasts um and we got to be in there and they would uh do short 15 minute segments with every celebrity that was there and we actually got to be in the room when they brought anthony daniels in wow do his and so it was like a there was about a dozen of us that got to see it so it was very cool. cool very yeah. cool very close quarters and um, um yeah it was a, it's a good show we really enjoy it and uh uh, usually get press passes and wander around and, or they get VIP passes, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a, it's worth a trip. And that's where, like I said, Timothy's on was just sitting right out there in the open. And we got, and we got to see some of the, they have a, uh, an industry room with a lot of the original Kenner people. Yeah. Uh, which is very cool. So we got to see and talk to them
2: and it was, uh, yeah, Jim no, Swearingen, so cool. my guy. Jim Swearingen. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I, swearing I just interviewed him just for, interview man man. for Insider that just came out in Insider
3: number 214,
2: whatever, maybe 213, Nice. The most recent Insider. He, nice
3: was, he was another one, very fan friendly. Just oh, talked yeah. about anything he did. He was fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. very nice guy. So
1: All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, Brandon, thank you for being on the show tonight. Uh, It's been a great conversation. We've really enjoyed it. Um, Where can
2: people find you? Where can people find me? Um, Talking Bay 94 is my podcast. You can listen to that anywhere you listen to this podcast. Um, I'm on Twitter, Talking Bay 94, and Instagram, in case Twitter goes away or something. (laughs) I'm there, too. (laughs) Uh, And then at actually Brandon is my personal, in case you really want to see... Other sometimes non Star Wars, but sometimes Star Wars uh, tweets on my personal account, uh, and then as we were saying, um, you can find a lot of my writing in Star Wars Insider. Um, next month we'll have my interview with Natalie Holtz, the composer of Kenobi, which is very oh. exciting. Um, uh-huh, cool. She was great. And then this this month was um, what was this one? Uh, uh, uh. Oh. It was Jim Swearingen from Kenner and then Beth Revis, the author of Princess and the Scoundrel. Um, So all very exciting, very cool, very lucky to be able to do it. Um, And yeah, just reach out if you ever want anything, because here I am. That's awesome. Very cool. Um,
1: Well, so all of our guests, uh, something that we do on our show is that all of our guests uh, become honorary members of the Brown Squadron. And so uh, you are uh, now officially Brown 18 Okay. And uh, your call sign, uh, I kind of went back and forth on this one, but I really like uh, your call sign is going to
2: be Dr. Jones. Okay. I love it. Brown 18, <laughs> Dr. Jones yeah. signing off. Here I am. <laughs> whenever, whenever you need me, I'm here. Yep.
1: So welcome to the crew. Um, love it. So, yeah. So this has been Hyperspace Heroes. You can find us on, on, on the big three social media. You can email us at uh, squadron at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm, FM, uh, which some people have done before, and uh, yeah. So I think with that, we're going to get out of here tonight, guys. Uh, so you have been listening to Hyperspace Heroes. That's, That's no moon.
3: <laughs>